0: Welcome to the Let's See Grandma the Let's See Career Grandma Warrior, Warrior, Podcast. Warrior, Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about why and how to go freelance, even if you don't consider yourself a freelance person. Listen, we chose this title for a specific reason, and that's because we'd like you to open up your mind and show you the possibility and the wonder of going freelance. And I'll tell you from experience that it is possible for you in whatever situation you may be in. We'll talk about who should be going freelance as well as how to specifically make that dream become a reality. Today, I brought on Steve Folland, founder of Being Freelance and an expert video and audio content producer. Steve made the career change from full-time role, from a full-time role in radio to self-employed life back in 2013, so that he could have flexibility to work around his kids. Six years ago, he started the Being Freelance podcast, which has also spawned a community and a course to help others start successful freelance careers. He also hosts the award-winning Doing It For The Kids podcast, a fun Q&A for those parents freelancing with kids in the mix. So as you can see, Steve is going to be amazing, and this episode is really going to help you to open your mind and think about being freelance yourself if you are a career warrior looking to do that. So without further ado, this is episode 216 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Hey, Steve, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. I don't think we hit enough about freelance topics in general, and you are all about freelance, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think freelancing can be great for people, whether it's like a full-time thing or something you do alongside, you know, a job that can
0: still help your career. So I love it. That's awesome. Your story. I wanted to get a little bit more definition around the word freelance. I know this is something that's tossed around in the space all the time, but how are we defining the phrase or the word freelance? Yeah. So I guess a freelance is somebody who does has a skill, does
1: something that somebody else will pay them money to do, but they don't work for that company full time. So they maybe just come on for a project and then they go. They're not involved in all the politics. They may not even work in that person's building. So they are kind of like a gun for hire, basically a specialist in what they do. They come in, they do the thing, they leave again. They're not, they get to set their own flexible hours and decide what they charge. And sometimes you might not even use the word freelance. You know, you might be an independent graphic designer rather than a freelance one or, I don't know, an SEO consultant, you know, and not use the word freelance or independent at all. There's lots of different ways, but basically it's being self-employed rather than perhaps running a business where there's lots of
0: you. It's all about being by yourself, really being solo. Got it. Being solo, having that freedom there, which makes a lot of sense to me. Now going into your story, I loved your motivation behind going freelance yourself. I don't know whether this was a job seeker motivated thing or but I want listeners to hear specifically your story, why you chose to go freelance and what the struggles were in embarking on that journey.
1: Yeah, it was really so I started freelancing, you know, I worked for a radio station for maybe about 10, 15 years, like quite a long period of time. And when I first started freelancing, it was very early on, but it was purely to gain extra experience. So it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about flexibility or anything like that. I was just trying to get better at my craft, at my skills. And whereas I was working for a local radio station, I was freelancing for like national and international and big brands. And, you know, so it, it was a very different feeling. But then as sort of things evolved and indeed the world evolved and, you know, like we suddenly had MP3s and video online and stuff like that, I began to realize that there was a chance to work online with people. I had video skills, script writing skills, audio skills, had all these skills. And I found that I was able to work via a site called People Per Hour which is a bit like Upwork or uh, Fiverr, you know, that kind of thing. So it was very early on when that started, and I was quite excited to find that I could work with people anywhere in the world and do this alongside my full-time job. And then because of that, I started to think, well, hang on, I could work with people near me as well. So I started approaching local companies and offering to make them videos and stuff like that, and partnering with a local photographer who he and I used to make videos together. And it basically got to the point where I had so much extra work that because I would get up at like 4 a.m. to go and work on the radio. yeah. But sometimes I might still be working at midnight and that's no healthy way to live. But it did show me the potential that was there. So when we had our second child and we were faced with that, you know, dilemma, our first child is going to go to school. Our second one's going to go to nursery while my wife goes back to work. How are we going to deal with the childcare? And we realized actually I could quit my full-time job and create my own work for myself, around our family, work from home during the day, pick the kids up, so on and so forth. So that's how it started.
0: That's amazing. And so you were full-time while you were doing this freelance job for for how long? It
1: was quite a few years, really, but I was doing it on the side, and it kind of grew and grew and grew. And what you find is the more you do, the more people refer you. Or if you're on a site like Fiverr or Upwork, as I was as well with People Per Hour, you find that your reputation grows, so it's easier mm-hmm. to win work. People want to pay you more and so on. So there was lots of work. In fact, I had one big job with um, with a company where I was base- almost getting my salary from my full-time job again by being this regular video creator for this company. And so I thought, well, I can easily do this then, right? That's given me my comfort to sort of resign. But here's the thing, here's why you should never put all your eggs in one basket, because uh, that gave me the confidence, but almost immediately that I handed in my resignation, uh, that company got bought out and as part of the deal, they changed their marketing and I was no longer part of their marketing plan. And so that big juicy job that I thought I had disappeared. So it taught me a very early lesson that I needed lots of clients not to rely on one big one.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. I thinking about my journey to go, I call it going freelance at first, because like you, I started out on these websites like Fiverr. I was before really starting Let's Eat Grandma's own website. We were on Fiverr and I was just writing resumes and I considered myself freelance and. To have the freedom to do it and it eventually evolved into starting the llc and hiring people and having it to work out the way it is but just the one key takeaway from your story mine is that it can be this ever-evolving process and it doesn't have to be one specific thing so i think that's amazing and the other thing that i took away from your motivation is that being freelance doesn't have to necessarily go against your own work, you don't have to fight against that it can be something to supplement your career and something to help move it along. It doesn't have to be its own entire entity in a way
1: i really do believe that as well because i think it gives you you know a good employer will realize that you're developing your skills and your ideas exactly and often that just being creative for whatever it is that you do outside of your job can kind of like spur on your energy that drives back into your original job but also you know one thing that freelancers do is they have to do their own marketing and as part of that you might be positioning yourself as an expert you might start blogging about it creating videos or a podcast or Mm -hmm. talking whatever you can do that without going full-time freelance you can become an expert in your field on the side and you just sort of increase your chances you can get hired on a freelance basis whilst working employed for someone full-time but also when you're like advancing your career, applying for new jobs, Yes, you know, it looks so appealing. This person who is that, hey, that's that expert that we saw. I've read their book.
0: (laughs) I want to hire them. That's available for us all to do. What would you say to the people who are looking to make a career change to something that, let's say they don't have that first set of experience they don't have those first few years of experience but they want to go out and get it themselves do you think freelancing is a viable option for those people who say they want to get into coding or they want to get into graphic design what would you say to those career changers
1: well i've spoken to lots of people for for the being freelance podcast who have done exactly that you know like so maybe they worked in an insurance company but their passion was always art and they're now an illustrator. Or one guy, he was a plasterer on a building site and he's now a copywriter. So Mm -hmm. it can totally be done, but it's totally advisable, isn't it, to build up that potential business, because we are a business as freelancers, on the side of your secure job, because ultimately you need to be able to pay the bills. So Mm -hmm. there's that side of it. First of all, you need to build it up on the side, and that can take a lot of extra work, but it can be really rewarding. The other side of it is that there is something to be said about going and getting a job in a company where you will get to learn from other people and get to meet other people and build your network. So if you are changing completely and you don't know anyone in that new field you're going into and you don't have that much experience, then there is something to be said to going and working in that field and gaining experience that way. I wonder actually how COVID will change that scenario that I just painted where you may be not amongst the people, because I think that matters. But you can definitely change completely if you want to.
0: That's good insight. The takeaway I'm getting here is that it doesn't have to mean the same thing. It can be your own route, and you can have a lot of different ways to skin the cat, so to speak, and a lot of different combinations of how to go freelance. And the one thing I will say, you're completely correct. And when it comes to money, you have to make sure you have that covered. And if you don't have, if you're deciding to make the leap, you want to make sure that you have some sort of income coming in. And I'm thinking about when I started to write resumes, there was no way I was making enough on a weekly basis to be able to pay all my bills. So what I would do, and I've told the people on the podcast this story before, but I would get up really early in the morning, I would drive for Uber for the morning commute hours, and I would go home, do my entrepreneurial freelance thing. And at the end, when the evening commute began, when there was more demand, I would go in and drive for Uber. And that's what ended up paying my rent and my groceries. Mm. And the other things were um, I didn't rely so much on that to – Uh, the freelance business, because I wanted to grow, I wanted to reinvest in marketing and sales and all those other things. The money's got to come through. And it's harder than I think a lot of people realize.
1: Yeah, a really good thing to do is if you're actually thinking of going full-time freelance, Mm -hmm. and you're doing it on the side is to put that money aside and to maybe build up three to six months worth of buffer, basically, so that if buffer. you did go
0: full-time freelance. I wish I did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too, I was gonna say. So we're, yeah. I, we're both preaching this without doing it, but man, <laughs> I wish I'd done it. Because as well as giving you the security that you know you can pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever and eat, which is always nice, it also gives you the confidence, I guess, to say no. Like you don't have yeah. to take on every scrap of work, for example, yeah. If you've got that kind of like confidence bucket of money behind you. And of course, you know, so many freelancers that I know have gone through the pandemic and been affected by it and maybe haven't got the government support that their employed colleagues have had and have needed that buffer. You know, it's come yeah. real in handy. You've got to take it seriously that you're in charge of your, you know, your finances
0: yeah. in that respect. Good things for people to consider. And now I want to talk a little bit about the how of freelancing and clearly that there are entire books and podcasts like yours dedicated to this, but I wanted to delve into your best of the best when it comes to things to consider about how to start if I'm thinking about making the leap to go freelance. So one thing that I know you love to talk about is the mindset of treating your freelancing as a business. Why is this mentality useful when I'm looking to pursue freelance work?
1: Ah oh, yes. It took me years to realise that it was important. And now, like, it's the first thing I teach in the courses because when I went freelance when i quit my job and i was working for myself my wife went around introducing me to her family or friends and i should explain like introducing me for the first time she's from australia we went to australia so i'd literally not met these people before and she'd say hey this is steve he's just started his own business and i felt a bit embarrassed i felt like an imposter i was like no i haven't i've gone freelance (laughs) and now i realized she was right i totally had started a business and when you become freelance you are literally every role In a company. So if you're full-time employed now, if you think of everybody in your business around you, from the CEO to the sales to the marketing to the HR, like you are everything and you have to do it all. And so I wish I'd realized I was a business. Businesses take their financials far more seriously, for example. They have to make a profit. They might invest in themselves. It kind of that whole mindset of treating yourself as a business really does feed into everything else. I think it makes you more confident, it makes you make better decisions. You're not just mucking about with this. You're a business. And you can still do that if you're doing it on the side. It's not a hobby.
0: It's actually a potential business. It is a business. That makes a lot of sense. I talked about my DJ example and how I used to DJ a lot. And I never considered it a business at all. When in reality, I was making an income and I had expenses and it was an operation in a way. So what specifically do you mean by treating it like a business versus the mentality of just this is something I do on the side to make money? Because I think you start
1: to realize that you can't just throw a figure out, for example, when you're pricing something, you need to be thinking, okay, I have these overheads to pay for. And Mm -hmm. I have these personal overheads in the form of saving for the future or whatever it might be, as well as my co-workspace and my computer and my Dropbox or so many different things, your insurance, your health insurance. Mm -hmm. So you start to realize all of these things when you treat yourself seriously as a business, start to realize the value that you are bringing to a client maybe not just about the hours that you're spending on something it's about the value that you're bringing to them so it works in lots of different ways I guess that profit and loss thing really it can be easy to think oh I just somebody just paid me fifty dollars to do this thing but you've not really bought into effect that for start, you have to pay tax on that. So it's not all yours. And then you've got all of these other things to pay for. And maybe you've only ended up making $10, right? So when you treat it seriously, and you look at your finances seriously, and you stay on top of them every week and every month, and your taxes seriously, you start to, I think price better and be more confident. Okay.
0: And it's all good. I like that a lot. Okay, so let's say I am looking to start my freelance business tomorrow, whether I'm full-time or whether I'm looking, or I have a full-time job, or I am looking to go full-time when it comes to freelance. If you could pick one thing, what would be the first thing that you would tell me to do if I'm sitting in my room, I have my computer in front of me and I got to turn this into a business? Oh my gosh, there's so many things that you
1: could choose, but in a way, I guess I would say, put yourself out there. And that's kind of a cheat to the answer because I could say it's a website, it's your social media, it's getting
0: uh, out physically in person to meet people. But no, I know exactly where you're going with this.
1: Actually, I suppose that one of the first things you could do is literally tell everyone you already know, hey, tell
0: everyone, you know,
1: I'm this thing now. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. And you shouldn't be afraid of saying that, you know, don't go thinking people think you're silly for doing whatever it is. Tell them. Remember, you're not just talking to that one person that you know, but you're talking to their network uh, in quotation marks, Mm. because everybody, even your uncle or your Nana or whoever, your cousin, like they all have their own. Careers and their own lives and their own friends. And generally, people want to help other people. So, if you're just starting out in whatever it is, tell other people. And the other good thing about telling other people is that it, and telling people you know, is that it will force you to really think about what the heck it is you are offering and to perfect saying it. You know, like that whole elevator pitch type thing. Like, how do you put across who you are, what you do, how you help? And so, actually, I guess that would be the first thing. Because in doing that one thing, in doing telling all the people you know, you might find your first clients, but you will also concentrate in your mind what it is that you're doing.
0: Absolutely. That is such good advice. I'm thinking about all the time and, you know, entrepreneurship and starting your own company is very related to freelance because you need the marketing, you need to develop product, all of that thing. You got to make sure you have all those ducks in a row. And the one thing that I tell myself is, you know, for every hour now i'm not trying to knock planning here i think planning is really important and sitting behind a computer and getting things ironed out but sometimes i think if i had taken away some of that planning and organizing and moved it more towards connecting with people and building relationships and looking to get my get myself out there more versus being this keeping everything to myself and planning on my own and creating things that didn't end up getting used. I think that would have been time better put to use. I think that's really important that you put emphasis on the idea of getting yourself out there and especially close family and friends. I don't think I did enough of that when I was starting out.
1: And yet so many of the people I've spoken to, their first clients were either from the people they knew or the people they already worked with. Yeah. And I think that's something to touch upon as well is that, you know, you want to be careful if you're freelancing on the side of your job that you're not conflicting with the current contract that you have. And if anything, it's it's often a good idea to tell your boss, hey, I'm thinking of doing this so that they're on board with it and you're not going to do it on their on their time.
0: Sure. But of course. and Framing it as a positive, right? Showing how it can help the company.
1: Yeah. Totally. And you know, people who then you work with or indeed your boss themselves may well hire you. (laughs) Like when you do choose to leave, they might end up hiring you or referring you because you've been such a great job. So never burn your bridges, but don't be afraid of like telling people you, you work with.
0: I love that. So I want to shift here to the way that we portray ourselves as freelancers. This is something that a lot of people who come to our resume service are asking, they're saying, how can I make this freelance work that I've done look, sometimes more legitimate or look like good marketing, essentially. And LinkedIn too is another thing that I like to cover here, LinkedIn and resumes, and then we can spitball. But what do you recommend people do to their own personal brand, whether it's their website, their LinkedIn, or their resumes to make themselves, I want to say seem more legitimate. And that's a terrible way to phrase it. But I think you know what I'm getting at. Market themselves properly.
1: Yes. How can the freelance element that they're doing look good on a resume?
0: Mm hmm.
1: I think part of it is how you're going to describe yourself so it might be getting your job title right you know are you a blah blah consultant an independent this like we touched on earlier this is why actually increasingly i see quite a lot of freelancers using a company name as well so it's not just you know steve Holland video and audio it could be well, let's eat grammar, you know, it's, yeah. if you've got a, a company name, you can then say, so my company is Fallen Co. Like underneath that, I can say director or video and audio producer or, or whatever. So it kind of, I think, and this is particularly good for people lacking in confidence, if that's the right word, or slightly more introverted people that I've spoken to feel like it's almost like giving themselves a company name is like a disguise, you know, it's like becoming Batman kind of thing. It kind of helps you put yourself out there. I think that portrays onto a resume as well, because it's basically suddenly you've got some years, including up to today's date, at that company, which you run. So you're Uh,
0: saying, and, and sorry to cut in here, but you're saying it's better to have something like video and audio producer for Daily Bugle, I'm looking at a sign that says Daily Bugle right now, <laughs> um, Daily Bugle LLC versus founder of Steve Falland Company or something that more generic and just speaks to your name.
1: It's that thing is like either you can choose to say, I don't know, in the freelance video consultant or independent video creator, or you can choose to say a company name and then your role within that. And I guess the good thing about, and aside from that as well, I think you will then come up pretty quickly about like, what do you list? Like, because when you work for yourself, like I mentioned, you, you work on lots of projects for lots of clients. Ideally, anyway, if it's going well, you probably don't want to list them all. I mean, you're the resume expert, but you probably don't want to list all of them on a resume. But maybe you might want to pick out key ones. Maybe they might be bigger clients or they might be clients where you've made a substantial impact and you can write down, demonstrate the skills that you've done or some actual ROI, you know, like, oh, we had a 20% increase, a 70% increase from my work. So you can get the results in there.
0: It's a question that I often get. And sometimes I get these resumes from people who have mixed professional experiences. So they might have their companies that they've worked for, like larger companies and In between those companies, they'll have a freelance section and they're having a hard time having it mix and blend in because it seems like the freelance section just needs way more work. So for those people, I would tell them to put more emphasis on legitimizing them the experiences to the actual great experiences that they were because freelancing is not easy. And really beefing up those sections of the resume, whether you want to go into more freelance work or apply for these companies out there. So including numbers, including those position titles and the companies and all the things that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you should if you've been freelancing for, let's say, three. Well, really, if you can keep going for a year without needing, then you're doing well. But if you've done it for a number of years, that's something to be proud of. I would say on your resume and especially again, you're the expert, but if you're applying for a job, often if you're tweaking your resume to that particular job, you're probably going to look at the skills that they've requested in the job spec and things like that. Don't underestimate the skills that you have used as a freelancer beyond the actual mm-hmm. job of, you know, for me creating a video, but I'm also a production manager and a marketing manager and so many things. Yes. So whilst you don't want to seem like a jack of all trades, you don't
0: couldn't... yeah. I was gonna say if you hone in on the specific thing, it can really be a great thing versus mm. having too generic, I mean, know where you're applying, know where you want to get work, and then hone in on those certain elements that that match the best.
1: Yeah, because if they're looking for, you know, leadership or, you know, project management and so on, like you can pull out those elements of what you've been doing for each specific role that you're applying for.
0: Absolutely. So Steve, you have been a great guest so far. I have three very quick lightning round questions for you to ask before we talk about your podcast. First question is three traits that are necessary to go into freelance work. You can only pick 3.
1: Being a nice person, okay? Being confident, because you've got to believe in yourself, otherwise the people hiring you aren't going to believe in you.
0: And I guess resilience,
1: because you will get knocked back. You can't take it personally. So yeah, resilience as well.
0: I love it. Kindness, confidence, and resilience. Great. Second question is, what is the proudest moment that you've had in your freelance career?
1: Actually, I worked on this one particular project which went on for years which is a dream when you're freelance Mm -hmm. uh, where we created a lot of learning and development video content for a particular company and it went on and won lots of awards and that company was so nice that they even invited me i.e not a full-time employee to like the award ceremonies and my tuxedos and all of that as acknowledging as part of the team so proud of that in itself but actually one particular element of that was a video which was all about modern slavery and I was just so proud of the way we were able to tell that because it's a very delicate subject but a very important one and I love the thought that people within that company who are in charge of hiring people who may be vulnerable will have learned something and have made a difference in a way that I will never know and that made
0: me proud. I love that. That is so awesome. The third thing and last final question is, what is the hardest thing that you've ever had to do as a freelancer? (laughs) Um... I wish people could see the video right now because your reactions are awesome.
1: (laughs) The hardest thing I've ever had to do? Actually, I think one of the hardest things I had to do was quite early on, I had the opportunity, right, to either turn down some work as I was just about to go on holiday. Basically, we'd done too good a job, and instead of just making six videos, the company suddenly wanted 12, and they were like, can you write more scripts? And the hardest thing I had to do was decide whether or not to like ruin my holiday or ruin my career. This is how I was kind of deciding (laughs) it at the time. But actually, what I did was I hired another script writer to work with me. Okay. So, so we split the scripts and I just got up early and sat outside with a coffee and wrote. And meanwhile, he was miles away and wrote. And it was a hard decision deciding what to do, but actually it transformed the way I ran my business because it made me realize that yes, as a freelancer, I'm a solo person and I'm in charge kind of thing. But also I can hire other people in a more entrepreneurial way to work with me on another freelance basis and spread the love. So they get extra work, but I can also in theory earn extra money or in this instance, have my time back. So it was the hardest thing I had to do because I really like, that's quite a scary thing because when you start to hire people, you have to probably pay them before your client pays you and stuff like that. The cash flow wise, it becomes tricky, but the outcome sort of transformed the way I ran my business in the end.
0: I love that. And amazing to find out the creative solutions that people can come up with from the most difficult situations. So that's why I asked that question. I love your answer there. So Steve Falland, you've been a magnificent guest. Thank you so much for joining us. How can people find out about you and your podcast? Where can people go? Yeah, probably best is to search for
1: being freelance or go to beingfreelance.com. So there's like, I don't know, about 250 guests on there, but also the course and the community and all of that comes off of that one
0: thing. So beingfreelance.com. I love that. It's a community. And that's one of my favorite parts about the intro there. So awesome. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today on the Career Warrior podcast. You were great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Chris. Perfect. And this wraps up our 216th episode of the Career Warrior podcast. I love talking about freelance. And for all of you job seekers who think that your career has to be this straight progression from one promotion to another within a company, freelance shows that it doesn't have to be that and that you can be creative within your own career to progress it the way you want it to. I highly recommend exploring this avenue if you haven't considered it before. And hopefully this podcast episode opened up your eyes there. So huge shout out to Steve and his podcast, their major inspiration, and I'm glad that we can bring together the insights and the inspiration for you to decide whether or not to go freelance. I will make sure to link the podcast for Steve, as well as other resources for you job seekers out there within the description of this podcast episode. So make sure to pause your jogging and driving and to check that out when you get the chance. This wraps up episode 216 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next Monday. Career Warrior Podcast. Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.